Good morning and welcome to the second episode of the ReLife Podcast. I am your host, Marcus Moore, here at ReLife Academy. Now, for those that don't know, ReLife Academy is the first ever technology-based personal development platform that targets mental health and social adaptability. We do this by analyzing your unique environment and then engaging you with personalized course content that builds on those areas of opportunity, all with the goal of developing a better you along the way. And you can find out more by visiting relifeacademy.com today. Now... Before I jump into today's topic, I would like to take a minute for a short thought experiment. I want you to think back to the last time you tried to explain something to someone and the words just didn't come out right. So for some of you, it's going to be a really embarrassing moment. For others, it's more frustrating. Wherever you are when it happens, it's usually not a fun place to be. So when we begin to think of something, the brain goes hard to work and it begins assigning words to illustrate these often complex strings of thoughts. And for many years, scientists thought that this was a psychological response to stress or other factors. And while that may be true, current research shows that this tip of the tongue reaction is actually more of an alarm system for us, which indicates various, you know, cognitive and neurological issues such as sleep deprivation, maybe low rem cycles or simply maybe just a poor diet. So the bottom line is that our bodies have different ways of alerting us to biological issues that we may not be able to see unless we look deeper under the surface. Now, the same can be said for the way we communicate when we are under stress. So today we're going to be discovering how stress can hijack an otherwise perfectly normal conversation, and we're going to discuss the breakdown in communication and how to proactively avoid that breakdown in the first place here on episode two of the ReLife podcast, Your Brain Under Stress. So to start off, let's imagine a squishy rubber ball that we hold in the palm of our hand. And as we begin to close the hand, right, we put more pressure and more stress on the surface of that ball until one of two things is going to happen. Either we reach the core of the ball to where we can't squeeze any tighter, or we completely squash the ball into a jumbled mess. Now, quick side note for science here, when our brain perceives stress, it acts in a very similar way. It begins when the brain receives an environmental trigger that sends a signal to your adrenal gland, forcing it to release a hormone that we call cortisol. And this hormone begins to shrink and slow production of new cells in two particular regions. The first of these is the prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for the way you respond to complex and difficult problems. Now, this governs various executive functions like the way you focus attention, the way you predict consequences of your actions. <laughs> Some of you are like, yep, that's me. This is where humans develop individualism and personality. Secondly is the hippocampus. This is found deep in the temporal lobe, and it governs what we call the limbic system. Now, this is a region of the brain. I love talking about the limbic system. You're going to hear this quite often here on the podcast because it's just an incredibly complex system. Anyway, this is the region of the brain that regulates motivation, emotion, learning, memory. If you've been rolling your eyes at this audio, if you skip through to another area, or if you just shut it off at this point, it's likely due to the way your hippocampus functions. So simply put, the way you are, the way you act, how you react, and how you learn is all governed by these regions of the brain. Conversely, these functions are all necessary for us to communicate with other people in society, in our home, at work, on the job. We need these functions to be able to communicate with other people. 
So much like the squishy ball, right, in the example, our brain has the ability to bounce back from various levels of stress. The issue comes into play when we want to say something or we want to get our point across, but the words just won't come to us. So what's happening here? Well, oddly enough, when we think about people who have undergone chronic or persistent stress over the course of their lives, inside the hippocampus, which is responsible for memory, is a variety of structural damage that happens on a cellular level. So first off, your brain begins losing neurons, which are responsible for carrying information to various parts of your body. You can think of neurons like uh, little cars driving along a highway. The more roads there are, the more cars can drive on it, and the quicker you can get the information delivered. Sounds pretty cool, right? Well, there is a biological process called dendritic branching. And these dendrites is what they're called. They look like tree branches growing off of a nerve cell, but it's probably easier to imagine them like highways and roads that those neurons drive on. Right. So we've got the neurons, which are the cars, and we have the dendrites, which are the highways that the cars drive on. The faster that they're built, the faster neurons can deliver information to where you need it. Makes sense. All right, enough science talk. So what does this all have to do with how you communicate? Well, I'm glad you ask. You see, the more stress you endure over longer periods of time, the more damage you do to the structure of your physical brain. The more damage to that structure means less highways and roads being built for neurons to pass through to deliver information to the rest of the body. This means having delays in things like speech, your learning comprehension, how quickly you learn, your emotional maturity, maybe your deductive reasoning, your logical functions. So every process responsible for establishing and maintaining communication in the world around you is impacted based on stress. So how do we fix this? Well, it's a great question. We know that everyone on earth is unique in their biological makeup. And while we don't have an exact answer, what we do know is that there are a variety of options that are at our disposal. Some of the most widely available and trusted include monitoring your sleep habits, reducing caffeine six hours before bed, keeping away from stimulants or smoking. If you're smoking, stop smoking. That means smoking anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Okay. Practicing mindfulness meditation. If you notice that you're having a persistent level of stress that you can't seem to shake, I want you to head over to reallifeacademy.com and schedule the intake assessment. It's going to be provided to you at no charge. It costs you absolutely nothing. And it gives you an incredible insight into your triggers and how to effectively cancel them as they come. Our coaches are primed and ready to help you stay focused no matter how large that obstacle seems to be right there in your path. In addition to that, we provide course content that helps you truly understand and rewire those connections all in an effort to reduce stress in your daily life. Listen, you are capable of incredible change, but it has to start with you. I'm Marcus, and I want to thank you for joining me today on the Real Life Podcast. Until next time, have a great day.